I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hello. <laughs> Hi. How, how are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> Good. Just, you know, debriefing from some unreasonable, irascible parent emails where you know, there's no logic and you can't win. Gotta love those. I, uh, having been the recipient of said emails, am entertained and horrified. And also, I think I'm a little tan. I just spent the week in Greece. Ew. So I'm a little bit jet lagged, but also I got, it's like the surface of the sun is, I'm pretty sure, Greece right now. <laughs> so uh, I am I am freshly cooked and off the plane. I'm very excited because we have two super cool human beings on our show today. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we got to meet in person at the party last month before doing this. You want to introduce yourselves and take it away? <laughs> Hi, I'm Aaron, and uh, I'm a software engineer over here in Virginia, and I, I guess uh, we have been a little bit discovered through the Washington Post, which uh, interviewed us for an article about the homeschooling. Yeah, and I'm Christina, Aaron's wife. Um, yeah, the article was called The Revolt of the Christian Homeschoolers. Yeah. Um, came out end of May. And yeah, I guess we're going to talk about what led up to that and the aftermath of that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome to the the summit of said homeschool revolts uh we're the leader here leaders here (laughs) (laughs) i I wish i had a gavel yeah (laughs) yeah you know how they like talk about anarchists uh their leadership does this or that and and, uh, (laughs) you know here we are (laughs) here we are yeah you want to talk about the article and how that's been how you felt going in yeah absolutely i think I was terrified (laughs) leading up to it, just what the response would be like. And of course, knowing all the people from my past that would be potentially reading it. And honestly, uh, it's just been an overwhelmingly positive, supportive response from you guys and from everyone Mm -hmm. and from random people. And and, uh, the people from my past, honestly, like it just has become such a small part of my like mental space now, just realizing how many people I've been helped in some way by this article that I just feel incredibly lucky to have uh, been part of. Yeah, yeah. I think we were, you know, nervous about a lot of things, nervous about um, how our families would respond and the publicity of, you know, doing an article that included our kids. Mm. Just, yeah, a lot of that. Overall, it, it has been good. Like Aaron said, I feel like I've maybe struggled a little more than Aaron in the aftermath, just because I was fairly recently a homeschool mom Mm. and have a lot of friends who are still in the homeschooling world. Um, Actually, last year, I was doing some science teaching at a homeschool co-op. This was my like first step out of patriarchy. And it was like something familiar (laughs) and something that I could do. But they called me up after the article and they were like, we're really sorry. Like, are you against homeschooling? And I said, no, not not at all, actually. I even say I might homeschool again someday. I just want it Hmm. to be safe. And I want it to be done well. And I want children to be safe being homeschooled. 
And my boss said, well, I'm really sorry, but, and this was a boss who had been begging me to come teach more before the article, but she was like, I'm really sorry. The article made it look like you're not into homeschooling, so we're going to have to let you go. (laughs) So that's been interesting um, and just kind of shown a little bit, maybe the, the like tribalistic nature of certain homeschool groups. Yeah. 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 The, yes. The lovers of free speech, uh, really <laughs> right. only love it for themselves and not other right. people. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's I know. It's so annoying. It really does show some of those common dynamics in a lot of the homeschool world still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's, this is like, you know, the evergreen frustration is that there's no room in the like kind of homeschooling parent world or community to accept that like there are problems with homeschooling that should be fixed. Like it's either you're fully on board and everything is fine and like the best thing ever and there's no better thing to do or you want homeschooling to never have existed. And like there's, there is a fucking spectrum. Like there is a wide gap between these two. Yeah. And that interpretation is definitely uh, one of the reactions that's on the like cult checklist. <laughs> you can't criticize yeah. with new ones because it's just going to be taken as get yeah, out of here. Insider versus outsider. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're using the term tribalism, yeah. and I think that's that's really true. Christina, I'm so sorry to hear about your job and you know the fact that you're having like these real world consequences. I mean, you know, it was. Like- Expected. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like it was it. expected and I kind of, I mean, not expected, but I guessed it might happen. And so I was pretty mad though. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Because like, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I, I saw it as an opportunity, like you were saying earlier, like there's no, <laughs> yeah. it, it sort of shows what they're thinking when there's no right. space to say, oh yeah, this was an mm-hmm. article calling out some of the risks and dangers of a certain type of homeschooling. We're not that. So we embrace this. Right. Where, you know, we have, they said we have a spokesperson yeah. for great homeschooling as right. one of our teachers. They yeah. could have gone that way. Right. Instead, they said, oops, you said something tangentially bad about homeschooling, you're fired. Yeah. And we're going to, like, try to do it in a pretend like we're nice way, but yeah. we'll fire you and ban you from our Facebook group. Like, yeah. that really. In freedom of speech you know. doesn't actually believe in freedom of speech. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, okay. Real world consequences. Like that's, that's definitely something that you probably had to think a lot about before you decided to go through with this. How did, how did you get in touch with the post? How did this story come to be? And how did you decide that this was like worth, you know, the potential risk of, of the backlash and losing friends and family over Mm it? Well, it was a long process. I mean, I would say it evolved over time, but, but the story of how we initially got in contact is kind of funny. So I am still on the mailing list of this old church I went to that, you know, I would basically say is very cult-like. Um, so quick, quick interruption there. Aaron's church, or the church he went to for about 10 years, hosted a homeschool umbrella <laughs> that I was educated under. <laughs> like p- putting yeah. a so pin in that. For, the, for those who don't church. know, can you define homeschool yeah. umbrella outside of the, like, Gothard umbrella yeah. language? Because that's not what you, that's oh, not yes. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good point. Yes. So in Maryland, one of the options you have for homeschooling is being overseen by what is called an umbrella group. And um, our old pastor, Gary Cox, um, was kind of instrumental, name, as folks. I understand it. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Related to Dan Cox. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. So he, he's been instrumental in um, homeschool policy and legislation in Maryland for, as I can understand it, maybe like 30 years. Yeah. And where was I going with that? Just so you were part of the, oh, right. the homeschool umbrella program in Maryland. Yes. And then Aaron's family started attending that church. In yeah. And so I was actually raised in Virginia under the wonderful religious exemption. Uh, so I, <laughs> so we didn't have, to, we didn't even need an umbrella program yeah. in Maryland, but we went to the, we ended up going in my teen years to the church that love to see Gary it church in Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, like you probably know, like, uh, religion and education is, are not separate things in this world. So by me going to the church and her being in school, we had a lot of the same kind of ideological upbringing. Right. Um, so last Gary. fall, Gary Cox's oldest son, Dan Cox, mm. runs for governor, runs and becomes the Republican nominee for governor of Maryland. Um, completely like lost Ye in yeah. a lands <laughs> landslide for the other <laughs> candidate. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yes. So, um, Peter Jameson wrote an article for the post about Dan Cox's well, background. So, so before that, so we well, knew that Dan Cox was, yeah. wait, wait, wait. was like, well, <laughs> yeah, he's running for governor. We know that we're like, Oh, oh please. Man. No, yeah. this yes. is never going to happen. Then right. he gets the Republican nomination. We're like, what is going on here? And that kind of brought our background church, this small little church into a little bit more of a public spotlight. And so the, the Washington post, was writing an article or a series of articles about Dan Cox. And um, <laughs> I didn't know that yet, but what happened was I'm still on their Maryland mailing list, the church's mailing list, and they sent out a mailing you that need literally to frame said, that now. the Washington Post is looking <laughs> to talk to people. Don't talk to people. Don't talk to the Washington Post. Yeah. So, of course, I get this at, like, at the prime time. Sign to be me like, up. <laughs> oh, good idea. So I um, – at first, I contacted the Washington Post, and I didn't really know who to contact because it didn't name any names, didn't say the, the journalist's name. It just said, a journalist is looking for people. Don't talk to the journalist. Spooky. Um, but I, I was, yeah, it was <laughs> yes. very spooky. Yes. I took a picture of it because it was like, this is like a cult. Like, yeah. uh, this is Jamestown. Yes. Yeah. Um, Embroider or Jonestown. it. <laughs> Put it on uh, your bathroom wall. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it did make me aware of like, okay, there's something coming out. So I was kind of Googling it and eventually this article came out. I'm like, oh, this must have been the article they were talking about. And I just made a comment. Uh, I don't even remember what I said other than like, yeah. You brought, this, you brought up corporal punishment. I brought up corporal world. punishment maybe. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, this the, the article was about the homeschooling upbringing that Dan Cox came yeah, out. Yeah, I remember and that. So it was more about Dan Cox. Yeah. Yep. It was a great article. I thought it was really well done, really fair. And I pretty much felt like, yeah, it's way worse than this. Yeah. And so I made a comment along those lines, like, yeah, this. I grew up in this church in this homeschool background, and it is, yeah, <laughs> it, it is this and more. And I listed out a few things. And what happened was the, surreptitiously. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I found it was because I've been told not to find it. So right. Yeah. Which is a very classic homeschool <laughs> child story of how you get out. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the journalist, Peter Jameson, saw my comment, and actually I had accidentally posted it under my Oops. real name. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess that's out there now. Yeah. Uh, so he, but, but what happened was he saw my name, and he actually knew that my family last name was part of this church. He had actually tried to contact mm -hmm. my dad. Um, and he, so he contacted me and was like, 
can I talk to you a little bit more? I'm just curious. And it just led to yeah. kind of more and more conversation about things. So that was in November of 2022. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Christmas came and went and some, some point in the new year, end of January, maybe uh, he got back in touch. And at this point, you know, we, we had talked to him for about three hours back in November and we were kind of feeling like, okay, we might get like one line in the article. Um, we were thinking and even sort of hoping that this article would be exposing uh, Gary Cox's church and movement. Uh, it's called Wellspring Christian Fellowship and Wellspring Christian Family School. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've heard a lot about this. So that was honestly from like, people and we're, from we're, Maryland in the, those circles, but yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. needs more attention. So we were kind of thinking, oh, we might get like, yeah, yes. we were thinking this might get like one line we might get quoted like one line yeah. in this article. So he comes back to us in January and he's like, Hey, I'm thinking of profiling your family. And I just remember I was gone somewhere and Aaron came out of his office. He was like, Holy shit. <laughs> what are, what have we gotten ourselves yeah. into? Um, and it was scary. Like we took maybe a day or so to be like, are we, are we even up for this? Um, yeah. Just knowing that speaking out in that way would, Probably, uh, especially I think we were yeah. we were worried about some family relationships, um, but we decided, you know what, this is worth it. Mm -hmm. And I honestly was still, even like I was going through with some of the interviews, you know, Peter came out to our house, spent hours and hours and hours with us. Um, the like caliber of his journalism was mm -hmm. astonishing. Um, so nice when they found even, a staff writer to do a really good profile. Yeah. 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 Um, so even like going through this process, I'm still really struggling inside. Like, is there something, I mean, I feel like probably a lot of homeschool alumni can relate to the fact that even when in your head you've deconstructed certain things and you've um, walked away from certain things, there's still that emotional, like, am I wrong? Because you've been taught to distrust yourself for so long. And so I had like a lot of guilt and fear about speaking out. Had you already had some of these conversations with extended family members so they already kind of knew where your heads were at? Because I like, yeah. you know, talking about like yeah. setting happy people and the stuff that I talk about, like I've had mm -hmm. all those conversations with all of my family members I'm still in touch with already. They like know We've talked it through, so it feels like it's like old news to me to talk about it publicly. Okay, is that how it was for you? We had had some with my family in particular. I had, you know, danced around some topics, um, gently started introducing ideas that I thought were harmful. Um, how would you characterize our communication with your family? I mean, I would say certainly nothing in depth or in any detail. Like they knew, they knew we had kind of moved away from how we had been raised, um, and you know, me especially because. Um, I mean, there was the whole thing where I called out your mom and was like, "This was a cult." <laughs> That's uh, always a good right? moment. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Great. It was not my most diplomatic. Moment, I, mean, I, I feel like it, you don't remember that. It's a, like, again rite of passage stuff. Like I feel like it's a rite of passage to like sit with your yeah now ex mother in law and be like, so you're in a cult, right? <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that had led to some family tension and drama. Yeah. 
Um, but what we knew would be even more offensive than those personal conversations was choosing to speak publicly, to publicly call out problems mm. we saw with Can you talk a little bit about um, how that's interpreted? Like, I know there's like, for my universe of things, it's like bearing bad witness to Christianity, like that people take it very personally along those lines. How were you thinking about that being received? Like, was it some of that or was it something else? Mm, so Aaron is non-religious. So from his perspective, that wasn't really a concern. I still consider myself a Christian, a much more progressive Christian than I grew up as. I've definitely shifted a lot. So that was maybe a, a tiny bit of what I worked through. It was it was more knowing that we would have to speak personally to problems we experienced, not just mm -hmm. systemically, but within our own homes mm -hmm. that we knew. I think our, our families thrived on trying to create a certain image. Mm -hmm. um, there was, you know, a lot of secret keeping and there was a lot of don't tell anybody this is what goes on. I mean, even with mm -hmm. both yeah. of us experienced physical abuse in our homes and even with that, you know, we were constantly told this is not abuse, uh, and, but don't let anyone know or you'll get taken away and that'll be way worse. And the <laughs> right. world just doesn't understand that it's not really abuse. It's really love yeah. and all these things. So it had taken us, you know, years of processing and therapy and sorting through all of that. Um, but I think our families would have preferred that we still kept silent because they figured, yeah, well, of course no one's going to, yeah, people are going to see this and think it's bad, but that's just because you're talking to the wrong people, not because it mm -hmm. was bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't understand. So. Right. It'll just give um, people a reason to think homeschooling is awful when it's mm -hmm. obviously not, despite the fact that we're using homeschooling to do things that are awful. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so the tipping point for me that really um, led me to be willing to speak was we actually spent many, many hours going back through Gary Cox's sermons, um, which are all on YouTube, by the way. So that's convenient. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So Gary we had, Cox's. after we got married, we attended okay. his church for about a year. And then, um, yes. yes. Uh, and, and sort of during our dating relationship too. So we kind of went there together. For <laughs> We're translating for the normies. It's so, fine. And had sort of incidentally gotten out of that church context um, because we were driving an hour and a half each way. Uh, this is what you we do. You can't find a community like this. We elsewhere. were like, this is the one true church. Like as much as mm -hmm. I hate to admit that that was right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then when we had our first child who mm. was, I got her Good job. Good job. two weeks after our wedding, because that's also what you do. <laughs> um, so we, you know, by our, first, by, <laughs> by our first anniversary, we had a newborn and yeah. we were like, what the heck? We're not driving an hour and a half to church. <laughs> so that was like how we accidentally got out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, at that point we were still going to a rather conservative evangelical church, a, a different one, but it, that was a breath of fresh air from mm -hmm. Wellspring Christian Fellowship. 
But anyway, so we have been going back and going through Gary's sermons. He did our marriage counseling. So we were going back through DVDs we had of that. Absolutely. Aaron, you're shaking your head. What's, what, what, what's that? That was an involuntary shudder. <laughs> yeah, okay. just, yeah. yeah, just some of the most horrible, patriarchal, yeah. unenlightened counseling you could ever receive was our marriage foundation. Mm-hmm. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. So going back through some of his old sermons and teachings and whatever, um, we stumbled across a series that I think he did about two years ago and is kind of now doing again this year. Um, talking about what is an edu safe community, so like educationally safe. And is that a term he kind of? Wait, I have I have yeah. questions. Yeah, so yeah. When we're when we're talking about educationally safe communities, are we talking about like access to like adequate mm-hmm. mental health care? Are we talking <coughs> about access to food? Are we talking we're, about? <laughs> we're talking about the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think the opposite of both those words put together, and that's what we think. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I, yeah. Let me just like put a, a pin in something real fast so that everybody understands what, like, the umbrella you're talking. He is yeah. also participating in facilitating this educational homeschooling unit that's super, like, reports yes, he is the as if it's a private school. So one of the oldest loopholes, and I want to make all sorts of like ecumenical jokes about like the Catholics in Maryland and the mission system in California both do this and like Virginia doesn't because they, you know, they're priesthood of the believer. But uh, in California and Maryland and a couple other states, there's, you have a like loophole where you register as a private school and you send all of your paperwork to the state right. under that because there's not a like a big limit on that. And so if that's happening through that church, the church is registering as the administrative face of a private school and the individual homeschools within yes. that like act as if they're individual classrooms almost. And they're reporting to that larger admin unit to the mm-hmm. state. So California also does this. Yep. And it's a, so he, as a individual, is also involved in the administration of this, which is probably why this feels relevant for him to talk about from this, the pulpit. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and also, actually, these teachings in particular, to clarify, might not have been actually sermons. These ones may have been okay. addresses to his homeschool community. Um, but yes, he the crossover between what he says to his homeschool community and the pulpit is very... It's a whole yeah, circle. It's very enmeshed. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so he, he gets on this EduSafe kick and um, actually kind of, I think, starts the series. I think towards the beginning of the series, tells this story. Um, do you want to mm. summarize it? But this was the, the turning point for me that I was like, <laughs> I'm... I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So this is like during the interview, we're going back and looking at sermons to try to like remember even some of the stuff. I had actually been doing this mm-hmm. for a while. It was kind of part of my deconstruction. It was going back to the right because good live stream, and I and I'm just starting to be more and more aware of what you're was like. Going wait, on, what? What's being said and how wrong it is. Let's also just <laughs> yeah. A quick like pause. I don't. I'm not imagining this. I was told right these things. You were told by the superintendent of ostensibly a private school reason is the devil at work yeah yeah no wonder <laughs> oh I, I couldn't think for myself because i was so. i was so 
indoctrinate right. to be afraid of thinking for myself. Right. And here he is saying it. Yeah. Uh, you the know, Protestant schism jokes keep again, again, it's one coming. Of the, the material yes. um, anyway. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I maybe I maybe should say preface before Aaron tells this story that was so alarming. His reasoning for needing an edu-safe community was that Maryland had recently passed a law mm. that licensed counselors could not do conversion therapy. Something like that. Something, Something like, those lines. like that. Yeah. Which sent him into a scary comedy. So yeah. Um, so this sent him into some sort of moral panic spiral yeah. of mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they, they're not allowing this. Well, if we can't, we can't if we can't torture the gay out of our right. kids, like what can we do? <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah. Um, Who yeah. are we? And so yeah, right. So he comes up with this idea of we've got to basically band together and form an insular community where we parent each other's children, and he means that in a very specific way. Um, and this story kind of illustrates that. Yeah. So um, he's telling kind of the history of, of Walkersville, now called Wellspring, and how, how he started the, this private umbrella school. And he's telling the story about how way back when he, he, he used to do – sorry, you probably remember this better than I do. But he, he, somehow he, he knew the principal of the school. Care. Yeah. And he was doing after-school care. And one of his – someone he knew – was having trouble with his child acting up in school, and then the a father would have, a fifth grader would would have uh, would have to come and you know take his daughter out of school and and it was uh, messing up his work day. Yes, yeah, messing up his work day. So um, Gary goes. Wow, how dare! So Gary has a brilliant principal. idea. Yeah. Why don't I just go to the school and take her home myself, so you don't have to come all the way down here, and I'll take her home, and I will give her a spanking that she won't forget. So she'll never want it repeated. And that's how we'll make sure she stays in school. Yeah. Jesus. He goes to the school, tells the principal here, I'll take her and go spank her. Apparently the principal allows it. Like we still want to track down yeah. the principal and be like, Who yeah, that you? principal needs yeah. to be reported. Uh, yeah, I, oh my God. But he literally takes her home and he, a fifth grader too. Like yeah. we have a fifth grader, and that's just horrifying. That's a ten year old. That's a ten year old. That is a baby. Exactly. Yes, and he he takes her home, and he says, "Now she didn't necessarily come from a Christian home, mm-hmm. but I got out the Bible and I told her God has this little thing called chastisement and the the rod." And he was like, "So I gave her a spanking. She'd never forget." And yeah. he was using that story to say, "We need to get back to time." where people can just go spank each other's kids. Right. The point of this story was, yes. since we can't do this anymore because the laws are too strict, we'll make our own communities where we can do this. Exactly. It takes them oh to God. use each other's children adequately to break them of yeah. the world. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I literally have a quote here from him where he says, we can no longer trust the government-authorized, government-authorized professional community of caregivers to have authoritative access to our minor children. He goes on to say, these laws will impact all professionals who have any kind of authoritative access to children because they are required by law to report suspicion of child abuse and neglect. The professionals include physicians, pediatricians, 
and educators and more. So this is literally in Maryland right now in the year 2023, a man saying children can't have access to mandated reporters anymore because and we don't like man's large ideology. adult son ran for governor. Correct. Yes. Yep. And he Christ. is massively influential in homeschool policy in Maryland to this day. Yeah. And that was what that story of that 10 year old, because like I was spanked into my teen years. I know yep. what it's like. I know what it does to you. I know, yep. you know, and just the way he told the story and was willing to just like be grinning through it and acting like it was no big deal. It yeah. horrified me. Like it literally made me sick. And I was like, I'm going to tell my story so that we can do some small thing to put a dent in stopping this and you, kind of nonsense. You you read that quote from where was where was that pulled from? Was that an you said that was an email? That's, That's actually on website. their website. It's on their, their website. website. It is. They just like they just say these things yeah. out loud. Like and that's so troubling. Like there needs to be more societal pressure towards Yes. Yeah. I just, I, re I really wish that like <laughs> the nuance of our feedback was heard by like moderately decent homeschool parents and they would like publicly shame yes. these <laughs> kinds yes. of folks. Yes. Like that's what oh it, that's God. what needs to happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I try to explain the state of children's rights, which is non-existent right. in the U S to people who live in Europe and they're like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like the U.S. is not okay, uh, and I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was my response to internal response to uh, HSLD. His response to our article that was basically, "Oh, this is the fringe of the fringe," and and right. I wanted to say, "Okay, what do you propose to prevent the fringe of the fringe from existing?" Exactly. What what, right. what legislation? What like even you know, if it how was about maybe the signing fringe, which we don't the rights think on <laughs> you know children's rights yeah. would that help at all like right 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 but but instead of, also did you or did you not use pack money for Dan Cox yeah exactly right. and oh by goodness. the way fringe yeah. is a fringe no like that, that's a nice way for you to try to distance yourself but like we practically know you the, personally you, the, like, these things not are not the, I mean here, again here. this is yeah. like the whole reaction to shiny happy people, the no true Scotsman fallacy just like comes yeah. over and over and over. Yeah. Yes. No true Christian, no true homeschooler would do this. The abuse doesn't exist. Like, fuck all of you. This is what you teach. This is how you want it to look. <laughs> you just are embarrassed that someone heard it out loud. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. true. That's exactly actually how Wellspring, Gary Cox's group, responded to us. Uh, they Well, first of all, they were like, well, they're not Christians anymore, which actually I am. So that was interesting. Um, but they were also, you know, saying they, they didn't name anything in particular, but they said, um, yeah, there's some movements that have some harm and that's really sad, but you can't let that get in the way of yeah. you know, being grateful. Don't be bitter. That Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, two, yeah. two of the major movements that we were kind of part of in that church was uh, Vision Forum and... Uh, IBLP. I mean, there's right. a lot of influence of those people, and the head of both those people ended up disgraced with sexual abuse scandals. Right. So you kind of at least have to distance yourself from that part of it. Right, that. right. But for those yeah. who yeah. don't remember, Vision Forum ended because D Doug Phillips fucked the nanny. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And she sued him about it, which is good for her. Yeah. 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 Uh, My God. 
So what was your like biggest hope in terms of the impact that this article would have and has it happened? What were you hoping mm-hmm. might, ch- you know, you might, some response you might elicit or some change that might be made. Like, do you feel like you've, what was that? And do you feel like you've gotten it? Yeah. So honestly, like during the process, my biggest hope was just, I kept imagining being that kid at, at, you know, Walkersville church and just having my mind destroyed and imagining all the kids that are still there. I mean, that these are homeschool families with lots of kids and, and, um, you know, we know most of the people who are still in that church. Yeah. And honestly, my, my biggest motivation was just wishing someone wishing I had had, of course, back then it was, there, there wasn't so much access to the internet. So I think that's going to help mm-hmm. a lot of these kids now. Right. But yeah, I just kept imagining if I had had a single voice that could have helped me understand that I am being told things against my own good, that the, the feelings that I'm feeling of darkness is not because there's something wrong with me. It's because I'm in darkness in this place. And I just, mm-hmm. if even one kid there could have come across this article, maybe in years from now, like who knows what, that, that right. was kind of mm-hmm. my motivation. I think after it kind of started to go a little bit viral, I've just been grateful to be part of what I think is a little bit of a, a public consciousness. Cultural reckoning. Yeah. Cultural yeah. reckoning of this entire movement that, that, uh, honestly, far more good has come out of this than I imagined. I, I kind of was like, no one's going to read this article. Who's going to read this? Who's going to read my story? Well, yeah. Washington Post has a like, huge I was so audience. confused up to the very end. It was public. They do, but I was imagining it in some like back it was you know, corner that no one's going to read. I, and I, I apologize because clearly I underestimated Jam- Jameson's yeah. abilities. Uh, it was pretty he, funny because at some point in the interview, yeah. Aaron was like, it's not like this is going to be front page news or anything. And Peter just kind of Look yeah. at him and say, we're hoping it'll be pretty yeah, good. We're hoping <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he did such an amazing job at telling yeah. our story. Like, you know, few people, I think, ever get an opportunity for something like this. And I think there's so many ways it could have turned out, me being unhappy with how it turned out. But he just went out of his way to make the story um, consistent mm-hmm. with how I felt. And I think you yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is really hard to find like good nuanced reporting on homeschooling Mm -hmm. that is done well and as soon as i read the story i was like we have to have them on also this is like good like this goes in the gold standard pile of stories that i collect for crhe of like articles who get it right Mm -hmm. like people who understand how to tell this story Mm -hmm. yeah thank you peter yeah Yeah. we love you Is there anything that you had like extended conversations about with Peter? Or you not even extended, but just that you talked about that didn't make it in that you wish had. Is there anything that I know like there's a lot always all so much that gets cut. Do you feel like there's anything that like you haven't been able to get out there as much as you would like? It's, it sounds like the church specifically is some of that, but yeah, yeah. that was one just. In retrospect, I'm actually kind of glad he did right. because he, he made it a story that I, mean, I couldn't imagine a right. story about us. Uh, but having seen it, I, I understand what he was doing now to, you know, I think it made a lot of impact on people to, to see a more complicated story of, you know, right. like we're not just black and white. We're, we're you know, religiously mixed family now. Right. And, and our kids are, you know, we have four kids that are part of this. It's not just 
you know, um, n- n- not to say that it would have been worse, but like the fact that we're, we're, we've gone through this whole narrative mm-hmm. arc together right. and we have kids makes it more nuanced and complicated. And it's not just like just a, leave the movement. Like we really bought in. Right. Like hook, line, and sinker, we were in. We had the four yeah. kids. We homeschool them, and then we were like, "Hold up, yeah. something's not right." And if he had, yeah. if he had uh, published all my rants <laughs> about this this uh, um, church that we it's went actually to, pretty I mean, funny. I came, I came out swinging in the first phone call. Like, this place is a cult. You need to investigate it. Go undercover. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, uh, it's. We're so excited to have attention on these like horrific things that like you think like, okay, this is my one 10 minute conversation about this. Like, let me like get the attention. On right. It. Yeah. 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 I, I think um, it's been interesting because some people will say to us, like, I think somehow not understanding how, how far we've shifted. They'll say like, you didn't have control over what the journalist <laughs> wrote. And we're like, yes, we did. He literally <laughs> let us change down to like one word if we didn't feel like yeah. it was accurate. And we also feel like he was such mm. a moderating voice if mm. for good <laughs> um, to, to take our rambles and our Secretly. like pent up <laughs> frustration. Yeah. And we're more mad it. than they know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yes. Um, one thing I think you asked that, that we kind of did dig into with Peter. Um, I don't know how far you want to go with this, so feel free to chime in if there's anything. Um, I think, you know, I'm not like disappointed that Peter didn't include this, but some stuff that we did go over with him that I think has had um, an influence in our own journey is sort of a passion to see homeschool kids, um, with mental health concerns or with special needs taken care of. Um, The special needs side of it is kind of in Aaron's family, but I have a lot of experience um, with growing up with mental health issues and them just being completely ignored because like modern psychiatry is of the devil and, you know, pray it away kind of thing. Anxiety Uh, is a sin issue. A right. character failing, not, yeah, yeah. Couldn't possibly be tied to your childhood trauma either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, because your your childhood can't possibly be traumatic if your parents didn't mean to couldn't do be it. Couldn't be traumatic because then that means that your parents sinned somewhere back in the day and, you know, can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So parents are always perfect. We, um, I, in after having our second child, had a pretty severe mental health crisis and we had to be like we're going to talk to doctors and we're going to talk to therapists and we're going to get on i'm going to get on meds and you know meanwhile my dad is calling up aaron and being like you got to get the demons out and he he was like no that was a a turning point a turning point for Um, me because like this was you know we were two years married um three three or four yeah um and you know at that point i was still very much like in the mindset that I had been raised in, but, and we had just been dealing with this mental health thing for right. a while. And I don't know why, but I, I just got to a point of feeling like, you know what? This isn't a character thing that she's not a bad person that, you know, she's not trying to be this way. There's, there's something, you know, it's like having a cold or something like, like I just was trying yeah. to understand there's mm-hmm. something beyond her control. Right. 
And, oh, yeah, that's what doctors are for. <laughs> like, Shocker. I'm kind of starting to get this now that there's stuff. And I remember I started, like, just, like, researching things about the brain. Like, I wanted yeah. to understand how the brain works. Uh, the brain's, like, yeah. a physical thing that we can understand. And, yeah. and I'm starting to more and more. And so so we get to this point where, you know, you were having an episode or something. Yeah. Sorry, stop me if I say too much. No, 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 um, it's fine. And, uh, and so I was going, I, I was like looking to make an appointment and I, t- I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. Any background right. of like what you do, but, but, um, somehow I guess you were talking to your mom and oh, yeah. your mom talked to your dad and, and her dad called me and was just, just like, yeah, like this is demonic and you need to make sure you go to the right people, not the, you know, worldly doctors and stuff. Right. And I remember that moment so clearly cause it was like, I know these words. And they're bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm taking her to a doctor because a doctor might be able to help her with with this thing. And it just like and it surprised me at how much even because of my background just being so used to you take the wisdom from the authority and you do it. And even if it doesn't mm-hmm. seem right, you do it anyway because they really know. It, it surprised me at how much I was able to just say, nope, that's not right. That yeah. cannot be right. That's yeah. wrong. And so it was a turning point okay. where we started to like, I don't know, uh, well, and then the proof was, yeah, we, we got some medications and boom. Oh, and that's what it was. It was night and day different. And yeah, night I, and day difference. Yeah, was able to be engaged. Are you telling oh, me that olive oil yeah. smudged on your forehead and some <laughs> is not an effective mental health mental treatment? health treatment? Turns out, Turns out that not. medication casts demons off better than that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, honestly, there was you know, there was a lot of this, like, having to embrace established knowledge. Mm. And, um, you know, I think that was part of our journey towards being like, mm-hmm. no, we're not going to repeat the corporal punishment we experienced mm-hmm. was understanding, no, hold on, this is like scientifically proven to be bad for children. Just, and, and also just the emotional, like, we didn't want to hit our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being able to say, Oh, hold on. Like it's like life isn't all just one giant conspiracy theory mm. out to like get us, which yeah. is kind of what we have yeah. been trained to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, that was a very long winded tangent to say we're passionate about homeschool mm-hmm. children having access to mental health care. We have another story in our family where there was someone who has some mild disabilities. I don't know if you want to get into any specifics or not. Probably not. Maybe, but yeah, um, it's, you, you don't need to. But it, you could. Yeah, yeah, it's important and it, it's but, necessary. Uh, right under basically under religious exemption was able to not be given yeah. a complete education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, never finished high school. And so it's, it's personal to us and it's, yeah, those communities of like the most vulnerable homeschoolers Mm -hmm. have a special place in our Mm -hmm. hearts because of our experience and background. Yeah, that makes sense. I I feel similarly motivated and it's really important. (laughs) Yeah. Relatable content. Yeah. 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 I know. I mean, I know I've told this story before on here, but just like the postpartum depression stuff like seeing my mom Mm. bounce back after the youngest was Mm -hmm. weaned 
and like realizing that like, oh, this is the mom that I remember that I didn't remember. Like I don't, I haven't seen in years and years and years. Like that knowledge of like, there's something chemical here (laughs) that is out of her control. Like it's huge. It's, it's huge. And it's, and it's really, once you understand how brain development works and childhood developmental phases, like once that knowledge is accessible, it's, it changes everything about how you interpret all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a whole meta layer there that I had to get through where, like she was saying, we were raised in just what I now basically say, I was raised in just extreme conspiratorial thinking mm-hmm. that no matter how much it makes sense, outside knowledge is actually wrong. It's actually a trick. They're, you know, they're trying mm-hmm. to deceive you and make you. And I don't, I honestly, that's one area where I look back and I don't know how I actually got out of that. Like it just, mm-hmm. I, I think eventually learning more and more, wanting to learn about things, just. Yeah. I started to realize this actually adds up and mm-hmm. I don't think this is just a giant conspiracy. And then you start to realize like, what it would take for this to be a conspiracy. Like right? <laughs> the number of people, the resources, <laughs> like right? there actually that is ways. It's just basically impossible. Yeah. yeah. Right? And right. Like, exactly. It is yeah. true that you can like look at multiple different sources and see what they converge on. And like either they're working together to make this really elaborate <laughs> convergence that looks really real or, or maybe it's really yeah but that that's why like being raised to not be allowed to to even look at outside information prevents right. you from ever getting to that point and so for me like that's one of the things i'm most passionate about like i, I think it was actually first from you Eve, that i may have heard this idea of like children deserve an open future yes like i just that concept was Oh. That's not me. That's a that's CRG yeah. team like yeah. messaging. It, but yeah. yes, it's it's so it's so good. I it it blows my mind every time I yeah. think about it. Um, yeah, it's on the Bill of Rights too. It's absolutely it just blew me not. Away when I read that, like it, it was the literal opposite of what I was raised with. A prescribed that, future. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. A prescribed future. A limited future. Mm-hmm. A very much on certain within certain bounds. And I unfortunately internalized that. So like. You know, for me, it, it took it took into my 30s to get out of that mindset yeah. fully uh, enough to really start mm-hmm. to openly consume outside information. Yeah. It's right. so hard. Yeah, that's like it's one of the things that I talked about with my therapist when I was turning 30 was just like I didn't imagine a life for myself after 30. Like I don't mm. I never imagined the future for myself that I am currently living. I thought it would be <laughs> this hell of being pregnant all the time. Just like my mom was. Mm, like, yeah. I yeah. And yeah. so like continuing to be alive after 30, I'm now like, mm. where, like I need an imagination. Like where do I, like, what do I, I do? <laughs> how, right. like yeah. what, what is this? And it's like, it's yeah. terrifying and it's very liberating at the same time. But it's like trying yes. to explain that to normies like no i like i literally have no i don't know i don't have a five-year pl- i can't even conceive of like five years do you know yeah. how different my life is now like no yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i feel very similarly i mean i was raised in a very patriarchal household and you know carried a lot of that forward into our marriage um 
<laughs> it's funny. The, the one thing I think about when Michael Ferris said, this is fringe of the fringe, I went to Patrick Henry and it, even Patrick <laughs> Henry was so, like in some respects, he's right when he says like these were hardcore patriarchal people. I don't think it's fringe of the fringe, but I, I also kind of resonate with, with what he says there because my dad, like Patrick Henry was the one. I have this book that I just got um, off of eBay, which is Mike Ferris's what a daughter needs book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The man, the man, the man participates in extreme patriarchal values mm, and wrote books about it. Like, he yeah. has nothing to stand on here. I know, like, Patrick Henry was maybe more liberal than, like, what you and I grew up with. Right. In just, sure. like, the tiniest little bits. The tiniest but, way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, I need to walk across the room and grab that book because I've got it right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Um, but, yeah, I literally made a promise to my dad that if he would let me go to Patrick Henry, I would not be anything other than a homeschool mom. That was how I got to go was by promising wow, wow. Um, because he was incredibly concerned that by going away to college, I might have career aspirations. Christina's so now, dad has a real greatest hits list, the demons. And the- <laughs> 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 I should be a homeschool mom. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. But um, now I find myself here in my early thirties being like, what the heck? And mm-hmm what do I even want to do with the rest of my life? Like I'm realizing now I'm looking around as a 30 something year old and being like, Oh, that job looks fun. And I'm realizing I never did that as a kid. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't dream or daydream about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm doing that now and it's terrifying, but yeah, it's, it's invigorating as well. So I I really resonate with what you said there, Kieran. Having an open future is terrifying. And amazing if you're not used to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at one point that mm-hmm. Peter Jameson asked us, like after we had told some, you know, stories about our restrictive upbringing, and he asked, like, so how did how did they manage to enforce this mm-hmm. when you were older? And like, I didn't know how to explain. There wasn't a place in my brain that knew it had to be enforced. Right. That is just the way it was. I, d- I couldn't imagine going a different way. They made you be the way. cop of yourself. Exactly. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You said in Shiny Happy People, critical thinking is turned against itself or something. I thought that was just brilliantly put. T- turned against yourself. Yeah. Like you just become this. Yeah. You become the cop of your own mind mm-hmm. and along rules. Happy your anxiety about doing all the things right cannibalizes your ability to like yeah. look around at all yeah. yes mm-hmm. yes that's yeah. Especially and it took literally took yeah right i think in Stephen hassan's one of his book or something he talks about how like everyone who's raised in a cult the first thing you have to do is physically separate them from it you will never get anywhere until they're physically separated yeah. and i looking back mm. i've like repeatedly tried to figure out how did i eventually get out of this mindset and I, I actually think that a major turning point was just accidentally being physically separated mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from this church that we were raised yeah. in because it yeah. was just too by moving to Virginia after right. you yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah 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 and it was just the job yeah. kind of forced me that way um, yeah but incredible yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I have so much more hope 
Uh, sorry, oh, I was just going to say, like, there's a reason that I ran away to Maine from, yeah. from yeah. the South because <laughs> that distance, yeah. like, that's the biggest piece of advice that I give people is, like, physically leave. Like, you have yeah. to physically yeah. leave. You're not able to set boundaries for yourself yet, so you need to, like, create geographic obstacles to make it harder to yeah. access you until you can figure out how to, like, balance that yourself. But Christina, you were going to say something about hope. Uh, it, yeah, just going back to that sort of self-censoring, limited, even understanding of what the possibilities were. I just have so much more hope for the next generation of homeschool kids because of the prevalence of the internet. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's still a ton of work that needs to be done, but um, or even just, I guess, maybe kids in general. Um our five-year-old is is a great example. I mean, he's in school, but, you know, he'll constantly try to fact check things and be like, mom, will you Google that? <laughs> and so every, every time he does that, and he'll even do that about unfortunate things our Christian nationalist neighbors have told him. Oh, no. Um, he'll be like, mom, mom, can you Google that? Is that right? <laughs> I love that so much. And I just love that they will have they have that opportunity to be like, wait, hold up. Yeah. They're not limited to looking at an encyclopedia with pages glued together Oof. and trying to <laughs> find their reality from that. Yeah. They're, they've got the world at their fingertips in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I, I think the path forward is needing to make sure that um, parents don't stand in the way of letting their kids experience and decide for themselves with the breadth of information that's out there, um, what paths they want to choose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best note to end on. Actually. <laughs> I'm just like, that's let's beautiful. stop here. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> we can't get any better. Right <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like raise Christian impulse to, to just be like, amen at the end of that. <laughs> It's like, yeah, <laughs> feel compelled. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for being willing to open yourselves up to talk to Peter and to share your story. And I really hope that, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see the long-term impact of this, um, helping other people see a way out. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, if people want to find you on the internet and say hi, where can they go look for you? Do you want them to look for you? Uh, so, sure, yeah. Um, I have a I have a public Instagram, apostate Aaron. It's great. <laughs> underscore there. Uh, yeah. Uh, some people have found me just by googling my name. I guess that's the first thing that shows up. Yeah, I'm on Instagram too. It's Christina Beale So Christina Beale with a Y on okay. the end. Okay, cute. Yep. We will add those to the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your stories and being you. And I'm so glad that I got to meet you so briefly in Virginia. It was so good. As soon as I saw the Washington Post piece, I was like, Eve, we have to have them on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for coming and joining us. (laughs) So good to hang out and chat with you again. Thanks for having us. This was fun. It was. Yeah. 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 Bye.
Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cult podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening. 